you enjoyed this episode, that is dope as hell, you should follow us on Instagram at Past Present Future Music Podcast. Hope you enjoy. Welcome everybody to the Past Present Future Music Podcast. On today's episode, we have the legendary Lee Sklar. If you don't already know him, he's known well for his work with The Section, Phil Collins, Toto, and many other acts. How's it going? It's going well under the circumstances of the world we're living in right now. It's <laughs> yeah. going as good as it can be. Yeah, for sure. How's uh, how's sort of your uh, playing sort of been affected by this whole sort of current pandemic? Uh, well, you know, like most other players, uh, I had a full year ahead of me um, of work, and uh, almost overnight, you know, everything disappeared. Everything mm. got canceled or postponed or um, put off. So, um, so I've just been looking for alternative things. I try to play every day, um, mm. just to keep my chops up, which is really, really hard because, uh, it, it's not the same intensity, um, when you're, um, just practicing as it is when you're really doing the gigs. Mm. Um, so it, it's, it's been a bit of a challenge on that level. But I've also found a, a tremendous amount of alternative things to, to do mm. to get me through this period. And uh, that's actually um, been quite rewarding. Mm, I saw you uh, started a YouTube channel. You have a couple of covers on there. Um, I've got about 400 videos up on it since March. Wow. I've, I've, I've not yet, I haven't missed a day. I've put a, at least one video up every single day since the beginning mm. of the pandemic. Yeah. How's that going? Like with the recording process and everything? Um, it, it, well, it's, it's going great. Um, I, I'm real, real low ball in terms of uh, production and all that. Um, the, the way, it, the way it got started was we had just, um, finished, uh, Phil Collins's tour, his not dead yet tour. Mm. And, um, I had some bass players write to me and say, you know, we saw you guys, but, you know, it was a stadium gig and all that. And uh, we could hear you, but, we, you know, some of the details get lost when you're playing those kind of venues. Mm. And uh, so I had our uh, front of house mixer, Michelle Collin, sent me um, uh, a uh, show from Adelaide, Australia. Uh, he sent me the board mix to it. And... Um, what I did was I just put it in my laptop, plugged a little Bose speaker into my laptop and had a bass amp sitting next to me. And so what I did was rather than having the bass part buried in the mix, I played, I, I just decided to do the show one song at a time, starting with the first song of the show. And I would play along with it and talk about it and show the bass part. And it was just bizarre because by the third day, I had people starting to write me going, man, we love your YouTube channel. And I'm kind of going, what are you talking about? <laughs> and they said, oh, man, you know, your stuff, that YouTube channel. I really had no clue. I didn't think that that's how you started a YouTube channel. And, um, and it kind of took on a life of its own. I ended up doing almost, I did almost the entire Phil Collins show. Uh, except for Take Me Home. I figured that'll be the penultimate song that I do on my site eventually. Um, but after that, I started um, realizing that this had become more than just this little idea of showing off bass parts. <clears throat> so I continued to do that, but I started to dig into all kinds of other material because I've worked on a 
probably about 2,500 albums throughout my career. And so I started pulling up, you know, James Taylor and Jackson Brown and Toto and Lyle Lovett and Barbara Streisand and kind of you name it. And, um, and, uh, and every day I would uh, tell another story uh, about who was on the dates and where we cut them and, and uh, just tr trying to fill people in on, on this whole thing. And the next thing I know, I've got just about 145,000 people now on the channel. Mm. And I started a clubhouse where I do two live streams a month and I do a one-on-one -on -one once a month. And I mean, it's, it's just crazy how this, this uh, has evolved, but I find it to be incredibly rewarding. And mm. uh, it, it makes me feel uh, very viable uh, during a period where no, it's very hard to feel viable. Mm. Uh, everything was put on hold. Yeah, for sure. And going back to the sort of... Uh, phil collins thing uh you played yeah. with him a bunch and he's really well known for his singing but he's also known for his uh drumming skills but it's lesser known so do you think he sort of deserves more credit for his drumming as well well i'll tell you if you were walking down the street and bumped into phil not knowing who he was and you you guys happen to have a conversation if you said to him so what do you do mm -hmm. he would say i'm a drummer first mm -hmm. and foremost that's his, that was his heart and soul was his drumming. And, uh, and it's sad at this point because that's been taken away from him because of mm. some physical issues that he had and some bad surgeries. So on the tour we just finished, his son, Nicholas, um, ended up taking over the drumming seat. Mm. And Nick's a great drummer. He was a really strong drummer when he was like five years old on the road with us. Mm. And when we started this this last Phil tour, he was 16, and uh, he was he's got to be he's got to be about 20 now. Mm. And um, but with Phil, you know his his real joy. If you really sat and listened to Phil, like when he's scatting and things in his vocals, he mm. he does it like he's a drummer, mm. rhythmically. Um, and, and he was the drummer in Genesis, you know, when Gabriel was the singer. And uh, they tried a whole bunch of singers uh, when Peter left the group and somehow they got Phil to go try it. And he mm. ended up, you know, just changing the whole dynamic of the group uh, with, mm. with his vocals. So it kind of came to him after drumming, but mm. drumming is his first and foremost joy. Yeah, for sure. And you played with his son on the tours and, yeah. you know, the relationship between the bass and the drums is so important. I think it is with the drums, probably the most important sort of relationship within the band. It's so important that they're I locked agree. together for sure. So how was it playing with uh, his son with the sort of locking in and everything? It was really easy because first off, uh, you know, it's not like it, it wasn't like somebody new coming in the door and you have to establish a relationship with them. I'd basically known Nick since he was born. And he, mm -hmm. when we were on the, like the first final farewell tour back in the early 2000s, um, Nick was on the road with us and he, he would, had a little drum kit set up in Phil's dressing room and he was playing all the time. Mm -hmm. So my relationship with him uh, goes way back. So when we got to the first rehearsals for, um, for the last touring where he was actually going to take over the seat, mm -hmm. um, it was completely comfortable because I, I already knew how good he was as a drummer and I also mm -hmm. knew how good he was as a person. 
Um, and it's not like he didn't get the gig because he's daddy's little boy and you have to put up with a guy who's mediocre um, just because his dad's, you know, is the marquee. Um, he, he really earned it. He, he really did his homework. He knew all the material. And by the end of the tour, he had really established um, his own strength in it. He took the songs to another level. And uh, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of him. And he's got his own group down in Miami. And I think they just released their first single. And uh, he's, he's got a, a great future ahead of him. He's a, he's a, a good-looking kid, lots of talent. And, um, and I wish him all the very best. I hope we get a chance to play again at some point. But we'll mm. see. We just don't yeah. know yet. For sure, with this sort of pandemic thing, I uh, guess nothing's for certain anymore, eh? No, nothing is. It's uh, just just try to safely get through every day and uh, and hope for the best. Down, you know, like the other projects I'm doing. I mean, people are starting to tentatively talk about September, October for some gigs, maybe. Hmm. Um, so it, you know, we just have to be. I just want everybody to be careful. There's there's not a note I could play that's worth somebody's life. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, we're just going to we're going to wait as long as we can. But I'm grateful that they they've that they've developed these vaccines and I'm anxious to get get one in my arm and, and move on with it because I've been mm. masking and washing and distancing, you know, for, you know, a long time now. And it would really be nice to have um, that that vaccine in my system and and hope for a better world. Yeah, we're all hoping for a better world sooner or later. It's been, it's been so long. It's been so hard, especially for people who really live off of the sort of live entertainment industry. It's definitely yeah. been hard. Yeah. It's very hard. Pretty depressing. I mean, I know I, I, you know, I was, I was fortunate for myself that when this all hit that before I got into a, a, a serious funk about it all, that I went and figured out a bunch of things to keep me incredibly busy. So I really haven't had time to to dwell on it. it. It gets really depressing when I hear about friends who have passed away or other friends that are sick mm. uh, or friends that are not dealing with this um, very well and uh, are in you know severe depressions and, and stuff. Um, but that isn't how I function. So um, so for me, I just immediately looked at this as a challenge of you know, what do I do now to, to, to get through a period which was pretty obvious it was going to go on for a while. I mean, mm. there was enough lying and bullshit going on, you know, from, from you know, government officials about this. But mm. when you're looking at it on a global basis, it was pretty easy to, to determine that this isn't going to be gone in two weeks. Mm. Uh, so it was a matter of uh, just finding things. So, you know, that's the YouTube channel was that way. Uh, I did a, 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 a book that um, I would have, people have bought, you know, just been on me to do for years that I've never had the time for. And I figured, man, if I don't do it now, it's never gonna happen. And mm -hmm. so I got that done and that's been going great. Um, and our band, uh, the band that I'm in, um, we, we've had, we had a ton of stuff going on uh, that was really moving our project forward that, um, you know, it, 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 it Put the skids on it like everybody else went through, but we're still doing stuff. We're releasing videos and EPs. We've just postponed leaving, uh, releasing our album uh, for for a, a while longer. And Denny Tedesco, who did the Wrecking Crew movie, is doing a documentary film about us. And 
that we're going to try to have all of that stuff happen, you know, kind of where we can take advantage of, of film and album and all of that at the same time for promotion. So, so we're, we're kind of, you know, it, we were, you know, it's like the tortoise and the hare race and we were the hare for a while and now we're the tortoise, hmm. you know, just kind of, we'll all get through this, you know, mm -hmm. it's just a matter of, when and what condition everything's in when when it's over but it's it's all speculative at this point because nobody really knows but yeah a little little bit more positive than it was a while back we've got hmm. new people coming in that hopefully will take charge and really mobilize and get things going in the right direction hmm. with the advent of of um having vaccines now becoming available and other companies still working on vaccines also so they can even get more um that's real encouraging compared to when there was nothing but bad news every day hmm. so here's hoping here's hoping let's stay positive and yeah stay safe for sure and so many musicians as you said they have sort of found different ways to express their art rather than just live music which yeah. obviously obviously isn't a possibility right now but um, for sure. And, you know, they're doing it in uh, New Zealand now. I know they somehow sort of controlled something. I know they have like barely any cases and they're doing live shows. I mean, I'm watching the drummers there and I just get so jealous, you yeah. know? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I, we just did an album before all of this happened with Brett McKenzie hmm. and Brett's half of the group Flight of the Concords, which is like one of the biggest acts in New Zealand. And I've stayed in hmm. touch with him. And he said, look, when, when the pandemic hit there, there, um, uh, what would their, I'm trying to think their prime minister, I guess, um, she, she immediately, I mean, first off, they're an island, so you can control things a little bit easier in an island situation, but mm. they immediately shut things down, got everybody on board to, to mask and social distance and did all the right things. And there's still cases down there, but they're like almost single digit. Mm -hmm. It's not like here where you're looking at thousands and thousands in Los Angeles, thousands a day, 15,000 mm -hmm. maybe a day being diagnosed and hundreds and hundreds dying every day. Um, down there, they, they, as the old saying goes, they got their shit together and, mm -hmm. and did the right things. And, uh, and, and for that, they're not suffering like we are. And things are somewhat back to a, a certain air of normalcy for them. They can mm. have concerts, they can go to restaurants, they can gather, they, they're being careful, but, uh, but they were a whole lot smarter than anything that's gone on over here. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, Amazing for those musicians down there. I'm so happy for them that they can sort of get back to their uh, normal routine. So if there's anybody yeah. watching from New Zealand, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic for them. And I'm really proud for them that they, they handled it right mm -hmm. and, and apparently continue to be. Um, but, you know, everybody I know, every player I know is just just chomping at the bit to, to get back to work. But um, mm -hmm. It's just there's just no way under the present circumstances that that it can be done safely. And I was really annoyed a, a while back. I think Sammy Hagar came out and was talking about how we need to open up concerts again and all that. And then Van Morrison and Clapton jumped on the bandwagon saying we've got to have concerts again. We got 
Mm. And I'm sitting there thinking that's the most selfish thing I've ever heard in my life. And I'm so disappointed in these people because mm. um, who's the safest person at those gigs? It's them. Mm. You know, they'll show up and they'll be, you know, distant, distantly walk to their place on stage and do their thing and then carefully leave the stage and get the hell out of there. How about all the people that are shoulder to shoulder for hours mm. down in the audience that are you know, going to be a super spreader by the time this is over with? I just I just don't get these guys that don't seem to understand the severity of what's mm. taking place here and to think it's OK to put people's lives in jeopardy just so you can go out and make some money and play a gig. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, for sure. And sort of jumping back to that sort of how musicians have sort of adapted to this sort of big change in the music industry, no doubt. Um, I've sort of noticed when I'm sort of going through YouTube or anything, the algorithm sort of tends to favor more entertaining content. Like Davey504's uh, Fiverr videos get like 3.2 million views, while educational content will get like maybe 16,000 some videos, yeah. while they used to get so many do you think that's because people need sort of easier content to take in, or is that just the general shift in the music industry? Well, I, you know, it, it's really hard to say. I mean, it could be a shift. I mean, I, I, people have talked to me about this whole thing, you know, about how to build, you know, your your site and all that. And I'm really the thing I've enjoyed on mine is the people that have come to it really are serious muso people and fans and so. Where you know, like you, you could sit here and do, and do a video, uh, and, and just be like, you know, eating boogers, and you could probably get five million streams mm. of it. Um, it, it, it there, there's a lot of different mentalities when it comes down to things like YouTube, of what people are looking for in there. It's like the Jackass movies, you know, being mm. really incredibly successful by guys throwing themselves off of a roof into a pile of glass. Mm. Um, it's not really raising the bar for anything or making the world a better place. It's just some mindless um, nonsense going on. Um, there's a lot of really great content on YouTube um, that you can use both musically and um, and, and entertainment-wise. Um, friends of mine that have sites, Tim Pierce and Rick Beato, and these guys, they have really fabulous sites. They're really smart guys. They're really educational, but they also, um, they're engaging. Mm. And, uh, and, and so people, I think as time goes on, there's probably periods of time where people are really looking for some pretty mindless escapism because every day we're kind of getting faced with the same stuff. Um, and it's like, I always tell people, I always kind of laugh. I worked on the music for the movie Groundhog Day and I always laugh about it and say, you know, I worked on the music, but I never thought I'd be living it. <laughs> and, uh, there's an element of that, of this kind of monotony every day of just having to kind of do the same things because you're restricted to home and um, and there's a finite amount of things you can you can keep doing around the house. And you're but if and I don't want to go out uh, into public unless I absolutely have to for grocery shopping or something like that um, to take a chance on, you know, what's going on out there. So. Um, but, you know, digging through, I've always found digging through YouTube to be highly entertaining. I find some mm -hmm. amazingly wonderful stuff on it. And there's also a, a load of crap, but that's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got a squeaky chair here. I'm sorry for that. I'm trying to no worries. <laughs> it's just, 
uh, people have been we've been joking about this the entire time I do all my live streams and people oh. go I still see you still haven't oiled your chair yet <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to because it's become like a it's it's like a signature now for me yeah yep, it's a staple in the podcast so what kind of uh, shows have you been on um, I mean other people's podcasts and things like that yeah yeah oh god countless um shows it's it's been really interesting i've i've been doing podcasts i've been speaking to um um schools they've I've been doing zoom things with with music students uh like a, a, a school up in canada we did it there's a school oh. down here that i did it and the teacher just contacted me and said that they're starting the new seat the new term and wanted to know if maybe this month or next month we could do another one um I'm kind of looking at every opportunity. Every time I get a call for something, if I have the time, I enjoy doing it because uh, I've, I've always enjoyed this kind of format of, of discussion. Mm-hmm. Like when I do a master class, most of it's, it uh, is involved in question and answer, Q&A, mm-hmm. um, rather than going uh, check out my chops kind of thing. That's uh, There's so many monstrous players out there. So what I'd rather mm-hmm. bring is a half a century of experience and let people you know, ask questions about, you know, different things that I've done over the years in, in my career and uh, things that might help them, even though things have changed dramatically, there are still things going on in the music world that uh, that still are a consistent in it. And if I can help somebody mm-hmm. no- negotiate through those things a little bit, um, it really brings me pleasure. And, and everybody who does interviews um, approaches them differently. There's similar questions, but there's also if somebody's really done their homework, they, they come to you and throw some stuff out at you and you go, Oh, cool. I hadn't even thought about that for a while. And, you know, so I, I enjoy it though. You know, I, I, I only would say no if my schedule didn't permit. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, uh, do you sort of have a busy schedule nowadays? Do you sort of find yourself more productive or less than you were before the pandemic? Like what sort of changed? I'm busier than I've ever been. Mm. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, um, because uh, like so much of what I had before the pandemic that was going to be coming up was going to be on the road, which generally on, on the road, you're looking at maybe four, four hours work a day. You've got maybe an hour's worth of sound check and maybe two and a half hours worth of concert um, to do. So I, you have lots of time to do different things on the road. But here I get up, you know, I'm home, I get up in the morning, I deal with, with my dogs, I do yard work, um, I, I decide what song I'm going to do that day for the YouTube thing and, and, and do that, probably have a, an interview or two to do during the day, then I start checking my invoices for my, for my book and I start filling orders because normally Today's Martin Luther King's birthday, so the, mm. the post office is closed, but I have a whole bunch of boxes of books in my entry hall. I'll take those to the post office in the morning. Um, I've started doing, I've never home recorded before the pandemic. And since it happened, I've had people asking me to, if I could do bass parts. And so I ended up setting up a little kind of a micro studio to work with here at mm. home and just finished doing um, a track today for somebody. And I have a couple more uh, on hold and I've done a few albums that way. So, I mean, it's really easy for me to really have a really full day's worth of things to do. 
Mm. And they all seem to be, you know, it's not like I'm killing time. They're all kind of just as, just as valid. Um, I, I feel is valid when I'm out. I, I've got some roses to plant today. You know, I'm going to be out in the yard and, mm. and work. So I, I, I'm good at, at, at filling time uh, with little projects, but it's been incredible. I mean, I, you know, I, I, on the one hand, I feel almost guilty that I've been able to maximize my time so much because I have so many other friends that are not doing well during this period. I mean, financially, it's been very hard. There's, I've hardly made anything because like with my YouTube channel, almost every video I post is copyright protected. So I can't monetize the site. Um, so really the only kind of money I'm even remotely able to make this year has been off of the book. And, uh, and I'm to the point now where I think I'm, I, I may have broken even on my investments. So I can start mm -hmm. making some, some dough on that, but, um, that wasn't the motivating factor on this. And, uh, uh, you know, plus at this point in my life, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the old guard. I'm, not, I'm on social <laughs> security and pension, you know, musicians pension and all that stuff. So, I mean, I can, I can survive this period, but what I, I, what I miss is the camaraderie and the playing. I'm so anxious for our band to get back together mm. uh, and be playing. Cause I love the guys and we've been together for 50 years and, um, and, and getting better by, by the day, the writing's getting better and stronger. We're going to go back in the studio and cut another album, even though the new album isn't out yet. The, we have a great record label who's supporting us. And they, and they said, look, if you got the material, just go back in the studio and cut again. We'll release another album later in the year. Um, so, um, so I'm excited about that. And, and, and they're the best musicians I know. Like mm. Russ Kunkel and Wadi Wachtel and Danny Korchmar and Steve Postel and myself. And, and we are having the best time as the immediate family. Mm. Yeah. It's, all good. It's, all, it's all good in the worst circumstance. Mm. Yeah, for sure. It's a very confusing time for everybody, but as if it wasn't confusing enough for my age group, I'm 16. Now oh, yeah. it's uh, now it's sort of gotten even more confusing because some people my age that are really into the music sort of thing, do I want to pursue it full time? Do I want to go yeah. down this route? Do I want to do something else? Very confusing. What sort of advice would you have for musicians my age going going into the future, you know? It's man, that is that is a tough one. Um because I keep thinking about um, like students graduating from MI in Los Angeles or Berkeley back in Boston to come out the door, you know, with all of this knowledge and facility that, that you've learned while you're there. And then to come out and there's nothing there. Um, when you, when you come out, um, at this point, uh, the, the only thing I can really recommend, um, is if, if you're really passionate about what you do uh, in, in music as if you're a musician, if you're a writer, uh, if you're an arranger, whatever, you know, your, your passion was, don't let this period dissuade you from it. It's frustrating and aggravating um, to say the least what's going on. But this also is going to um, kind of cull the herd a little bit in the future. A lot of people are just going to give up and go and look at other things to do. And um, if you really, really believe passionately about what, what you want to do, try to stick with it and mm. try to find like-minded people 
that uh, that you can connect with and st and still play, especially uh, if you get vaccinated, but there's like not gigs or anything like that, then try to get together, go, you know, somebody's house set up in the garage like we all did and just play. Hmm. Keep your chops up and keep your interest level up. But but you, you certainly I mean, I, this for me, it's like I've got a an eight and 10 year old niece and nephew. And uh, I think about what they're facing at this point, too. And you just go, man, this is, you know, the, the, this is the time in life for socialization skills and all that. And, you know, they send my I get they send me pictures of like them at the kitchen counter cooking zoom cooking with their friends and it's just it's a brave new world right now and uh i just hope people can maintain their spirits and their enthusiasm for you know what lays ahead so that when finally things do open up again that um, that they'll be prepared for it and they won't be starting at zero and working their way back up but play as much as you can and uh, stay as in much contact as you can with like-minded friends and uh, when the opportunity do acapella videos or something anything like that uh, i work with a girl named judith owen and uh, her husband is harry Shearer, who did a bunch of the does a bunch of the voices on the simpsons and he was in the group spinal tap and um and Judith, we've done a pile of acapella videos and it, it engages you together. I mean, we can't play together, but we can craft music together. And, uh, and our band has also done, we've done our, our real professional videos, um, one by with one guy at a time, you know, and, and getting together conceptually and sorting it all out. But um, we've also done acapella videos and anything that kind of keeps your creative juices flowing, I think is important for, uh, and that and that really, I think during a period like this, that could go into almost any kind of profession, mm. you know, because so many have been shut down. You know, it's, it's hard when I look around town and I see so many restaurants and so many clubs and everything's just shut down and, mm -hmm. and barely hanging on at this point. So, uh, you know, I, I hope, as much of that as possible can can hold on so that when it's over guys your age you can start getting out there and start gigging and you know mm -hmm. and honing your craft and and you know getting it getting it together um, mm -hmm. definitely an it's definitely an obstacle but it's just how you approach it and just trying to hold on to some positivity through all this is as dark a time as it is mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's that it's that love for music. It's that love for the culinary arts, love for bartending, love for anything yeah. that anyone yeah. does that really, you know, also brings people together. And now people can't be together. And it's very it is a confusing time for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's that for me, it's that love for music. That's why I started this podcast. You know, I mean, I would have never thought I'd be talking to people like you literally legendary people in the music industry like thank you so much for coming on well it's it's an absolute pleasure man and i wish you all the very best through all of this stuff and i can't wait for you too that when the the time is right that you can get back out and, and you know you know you, you and that it doesn't mean this ends either it's like I, i've talked to people on on my site and some of them express concern saying, look, you know, it's going to really suck when we get you guys get back to work, you know, and this will all be over. And I said, this is not going to be over. 
I said, this will be enhanced um, because I could take this on the road then when I'm doing my when I'm doing my YouTube stuff. Um, I can at that point take do live streams from gigs, sound checks, um, bring some of the other guys up to the to the camera and uh, and do stuff. And, you know, I, I, to me, this has been so fulfilling on, on so many levels that I really I don't want to see it end at all. I just want to see it evolve. And uh, so I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully one day I'll uh, get to meet you in person. Do you go to the uh, NAM shows usually? Yeah, I, this is the first one I've missed in God knows how uh -huh. many decades. It's really yeah. sad that this I mean, it's understandable why, you know, why it's canceled. I'm, I'm, I'm involved in a couple of virtual um, panels for the new NAM show. Mm. Those will be on the NAM um, website. I think this week um, I'm getting notifications about the ones that are going up with um, uh, Mr. Bonsai and Dom Famularo and mm. a bunch of different ones that we've, that we've done in advance. Um, but I miss it. I really miss mm. it. That's for me is one of the great social experiences every once in a while i'll see a piece of gear that intrigues me but for the most part i go to the nam show just to see all the my friends that are builders that are you know the, the, the manufacturers and then see all the crazy people i know just wandering around there it's a mm -hmm. it's a really joyous celebration in my mind and uh to have that gone like everything else it just kind of sucks mm -hmm. but, but there's no way they could have it you know I mean, it's impossible mm -hmm. So yeah. maybe hopefully next year. Yeah, hopefully next year. And hopefully if I somehow show up to one of these sort of uh, NAM meetings, then I will definitely want to say hi and uh, okay. say, remember that one in a hundred podcast you were in with me? <laughs> no, absolutely, man. If, if you're there and you see me anywhere, just come up and, and, and say hi and, and we will connect and maybe grab a bite to eat and catch up. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it so much. Anytime, anytime, man. I, I wish you all the very best with, with this podcast. Um, it's great that you're doing it and just keep that up and see where everything goes to at this point. Thank you so stay much. Safe. Stay safe, man. Thank you. And do you have any uh, social media you want to link? And I'll also put it in the bio for all of our listeners. Sure. Um, if, if anybody wants to check the book out that I did now, Please, if they come to look at the book, they'll see they'll see what the book looks like uh, on the website. It's not an autobiography. It is a real high end, super high end quality coffee table book with six thousand photographs in it of everybody imaginable giving me the finger. And it's I mean, and it's it, it, it's kind of you name it. It's everybody in the music business from people like from Flea to Charlie Watts to Eddie Van Halen to mm. James Taylor to Phil Collins. I mean, tons and tons and tons of them, um, sports people, actors, everyday people on the street. So if they want to check that out, um, the website is called LelandSklarsBeard.com. And, um, and there's other things in there. I've got a t-shirt that has my beard on the front of it. And people are loving that. It's really pretty goofy. And I was an art graphic art student in college, and I have a bunch of real high quality print um, artwork that's also available on that. And I'm on Facebook, um, 
every day is is passe is is there's an element of it that there is um it still functions for me i'm i'm still connecting with people on there that there's really not that many other opportunities to do so i'm on that i'm you know i do twitter and in instagram but primarily i've been spending most of my time on the youtube channel that's really the dominant one because i find that to be absolutely the most satisfying artistically hmm. And they could just go to YouTube and it'll come up as Leland Sklar's channel, I think. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about your beard. Amazing beard, by the way. <laughs> as uh, always, amazing looking beard, for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for it to get cooler here in Los Angeles. We're going through a heat wave. It's like in the 80s. Oh. Man, I just, I want winter for a little while before summer hits. I don't really want to just be sitting here having summer in the winter and then summer will show up too. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Well, I'm up here in Toronto, so we know all about the uh, winter up here. <laughs> yeah. I love it up there. That's, that's a beautiful area up there, man. Yeah. yeah one, sure. of the, one of the schools I did, I think is on the, in Ontario oh. that I did a zoom with their music class and I'm going to do it again, I think, or it's a college. There. Oh, but, I don't think uh, I've heard of it, but yeah. But it's it's cool. But man, stay, just the main thing is stay safe. Mm. It's pretty scary times. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, thank you so much once again. I really appreciate it. And for all our listeners, that was Lee Sklar. Please find him on everything he just linked because <laughs> <laughs> he's he's really a great bassist. I mean, amazing. Thank you so much. No, amazing. thank you, Patrick. You stay. You you take good care too. And this will all end, and you can get out there and take over the world. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank okay. you. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for coming this far. If you've been listening this far, I really do appreciate it. Make sure you go ahead and check us out on Instagram at Past, Present, Future Music Podcast. And make sure to check out Lee on all of his social medias that he linked. And I'll also put it in the bio. So make sure you go and check that out, as well as his book, It sounds very interesting, and I mean, I love that sort of concept with the sort of middle fingers and everything like that. It's uh, really dope, so make sure you check it out. And uh, once again, I want to thank you all for coming on, and I do really appreciate it, and I hope to catch you on the next episode. Have a great day.